0: Right, this is such a stupid start anyway <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no scrub a scrub is a launch so don't get far off the ground
1: <laughs> that's right in the light of all the scrubs we've had recently, we thought we'd take a look at what they are and highlight some of the craziest
0: ones. Yes, please do keep the comments, memes, and messages coming in on social media. Uh, in case you didn't know, we're at Space and Things One on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
1: But for the moment, no matter what you're doing, we hope you enjoy episode six of the Space and Things Podcast.
0: Oh my Beautiful. God. Beautiful. You're listening to the Space and Things podcast
1: with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. Hello, I'm Dave Giles, and I'm Emily Carney, and welcome to episode six of our podcast.
0: Uh, it's, it's great to have you back, Emily. I know, I know it's been a tough couple of weeks, but uh, how are you doing? Uh,
1: I'm I'm personally doing fine. Good. It's been a nuts couple of weeks. Uh, as uh, as anyone who's listened to last week's podcast know, uh, new. We suffered a pretty big loss in the space community. Uh, Al Hallenquist uh, passed away, unfortunately, I think a week ago. Uh, so it's been kind of tough. So um, I just wanted to extend my uh, both of us uh, want to extend our deepest uh, condolences and thoughts to uh, his friends and family at of this uh, hard time. Other than that, I'm I'm hanging in there. It's been kind of a nutty few weeks. Uh, for I don't know how many of y'all are following the news out there. Uh, things are pretty. <laughs> things are pretty crazy right now but we always have space flight so yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into all that cuz I don't want to get you know political but yeah things are pretty nuts right now in the United States so as, uh, Yeah
0: as we said earlier this week in our, in our, in our text at least the memes are good at least yes. the memes are good <laughs>
1: <laughs> The memes coming out of this like whole year have been golden like that's the only thing like they've been fantastic i'm like this is keeping me positive because i'm like the meme makers are just really um doing overtime and they're just doing they're supporting us fantastically so many thanks to all the the meme makers out there (laughs) makers yeah um yeah and uh some of you out there have sent us memes as well uh related to this podcast uh we really appreciate it we think it's pretty funny
0: yeah so absolutely uh, absolutely love it um and actually actually before we get started I I did want to did want to say that I, I I promise everyone the show will start soon um but before we before we get started I just want to give a shout out to Todd Oliver who has been one of these people delivering a weekly meme uh, which have really made us laugh he's really been on fire uh, and he's also been incredibly generous to the show this week so thanks a lot Todd we really appreciate that
1: Yes, Todd. Uh, uh, when, thank you so much uh, from both of us. Uh, you, you've been really awesome. So thanks for uh, thanks for everything. Yeah. You know, while everything else is kind of a dumpster fire right now, <laughs> um, I at least uh, there's a lot to talk about in space flight this
0: week. There really is. I, annoyingly, my my I've been a bit distracted. I've tried to try to keep up, I have been a bit distracted because I've been at a whiskey show, a virtual whiskey show, all week. So, oh wow. Uh, yeah, my, my other my other podcast is a whis- whiskey podcast with a musician friend, and we decided we need to learn more about whiskey, and it's been wonderful, but it requires a lot of drinking and a lot of... Si- from very early on in the day. <laughs> so trying to keep on top of everything has been a bit crazy. We've still got three days left as well, which is... Uh,
1: oh, wow. Wonderful. It's yes. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. I, I, can, I can dig that. I love... I like whiskey, so hey, yeah. I'm not... It's all good. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's basically like
0: uh, what we talked about with SpaceFest. You know how SpaceFest went online? Kind of did some some activities online. Yeah. They've, this yeah. is normally one of those big trade shows that exists in one of the big exhibition centers and they've just done it online and they've got all these virtual stores and virtual tastings and quizzes and all kinds of stuff. I did win a t-shirt, so it's not so bad. It's not so bad. That's cool. All anyway, right. Let's get started. <laughs> we have we have no attention. Okay, I also
1: have something uh, before we get started with the main uh, program. Oh, excellent. Uh, October 4th was uh, Sputnik Day, and to celebrate the uh, Kansas uh, Cosmosphere had a telethon to raise funds for the museum, and they've also got a very special auction over the uh, the next few weeks. Ah,
0: yes, I actually I was supposed to mention this last week, and I forgot, uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, th- yeah, it's called Onward and Upward, I think. Uh, they've got this whole thing yeah. going on, and... Uh, I- the Cosmosphere is amazing. It's absolutely... Have you ever been?
1: I'm really embarrassed to say this. I have not been yet. Um, once all this craziness hopefully dies down within, God, I'm hoping the next year, uh, I it's one of the first places I plan to head out to hopefully. So, yeah.
0: It is amazing. It's the thing is it's in the middle of nowhere. It generally is in the middle of nowhere. You couldn't get more <laughs> middle of nowhere. I it's one of those crazy things that they've got this amazing museum in this tiny town in the middle of America that has the Apollo 13 command module, it has uh Gemini Gemini 10. Uh when, and, and now it's also got uh, Liberty Bell uh as well. Uh, and, and it's it's a wonderful facility. They've got so much that it's really well laid out, they've got so many great artifacts. You need probably two full days there really to, to get it. Um, it's 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 absolutely wonderful, and the, and the people that run it are really nice as well. They, they yes, were, they are. They were great to me when I was there last July because uh, they had Liberty Bell uh, in their restoration room at SpaceWorks, but it wasn't on display. And I sent them a message telling them that I was only in America for this one time, and could I get over and have a look? And they let me get in on on my own into SpaceWorks to see it. It was amazing for me to get up close to it. That's so.
1: awesome. That is awesome.
0: I got a soft spot for that place, so I will put links to the, the auction and, uh, and their Onward and Upward um, telephones for those who are interested in checking that out. Uh, Roger, this is Bell, seven. The clock is operating. Loud and clear, Jose. Don't cry too much. Okie doke. In episode four, I said that we had a busy weekend of launches coming up. Then in episode five, they still hadn't happened. <laughs> and uh nope. I, I, I hope that it meant that we had all the launches this weekend just gone, but then scrub after scrub after scrub, whether it was United Launch Alliance, SpaceX, or Northrop Grumman, um, they all seemed to fail to get their rockets off the ground, or off the pad. Uh, we had weather, and we had technical problems, uh, but eventually... Norfolk Grumman did break the curse, the Floridian curse that that seemed to be, to be there. <laughs> and then Antares, I don't I've never should know if I pronounce that right. There, Antares rocket, rocket yeah. uh, took some supplies up to the ISS, the International Space Station. And this morning, um, well, we're recording Tuesday, so Tuesday morning, uh, we had a really beautiful morning launch of the Falcon Nine from SpaceX, doing some more Starlink satellites. Um, so maybe just maybe we'll see some more soon. The, um, the Delta Four Heavy scrub was. Was quite dramatic, same as before. Got to three seconds, engines lit, and then just stopped. So it has all been a bit crazy.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, Antares rocket uh, by uh, Northrop Grumman, uh, NGIS, uh, I believe, launched from Wallops Island uh, in Virginia. So that's a little oh. little ways out. Yeah, it's a little ways out from here. Um, NGIS, all that stuff is out there. Um, it's it's all around that general area. So, um, so it's further it's up really the coast. Really cool. Yeah, it's further up the coast. It's in Virginia, right. which is probably ten to twelve hours away from me. Okay, if I it was driving. Yeah, the Delta Four heavy launch. I, I'm I'm convinced now that um, I'm cursing launches by going out <laughs> in my neighborhood to the end of my driveway and um, watch trying to watch them because I swear to you, like the first Delta or not. I don't think it was the first scrub even. Um, uh, there was a uh, one night where I was like, man, it's really gonna go tonight. I think this was a uh, over a month ago. I go out there and it, you know, lights up. And I'm like, yeah, and then nothing. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> and there's like, I I just hear crickets, like in the, you know, like in the background, like nothing. So I'm like, okay, that that was weird. I guess it's not. We're not going to space tonight. And yeah, I want to say uh, last one was pretty much the same thing. It was almost midnight. I'm going. I think it was almost midnight. I'm going outside. I'm all pumped up. I'm in my pajamas. People are looking at me like, you know, (laughs) what the heck is this woman doing in her PJs outside? You know, I'm getting bit up by mosquitoes and stuff. And I go out there. I'm like, yeah. And I'm on my phone, like watching the video and stuff. And then it's the same again. So, yeah, it's just I'm I'm now convinced that the minute I decide I'm not going to go out and watch it, it's going to go up. It's going to go off. Same thing with Starlink this morning. I was not watching that one and it went. It went. It went. Yeah, because I went outside. I think, um, I don't know if it was the Starlink one or another launch because there have been quite a few.
0: Yeah, they had two. Um, They they attempted two different SpaceX Falcon 9s over the weekend. Yeah.
1: I think it was the GPS one. Yeah. All I know is uh, I went out to look for that one and that one scrubbed too because I went outside. same, Same drill. I had like a, you know, some lemonade and I was like, Man, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna see this launch. Nothing. Yeah, got to. Yeah, five, four, three. That got to two. I'm like, you gotta be messing me. No, that
0: got (laughs) got down to two seconds as well. I mean, it didn't. The engine didn't come on, but still, it was a very last-minute scrub or delay.
1: Yeah, was it was down to the the wire. So I was just like, whatever. So I'm convinced that it's me doing it now, (laughs) and um, I'm just not gonna watch any more launches anymore. So I'm just gonna stay inside.
0: They've all been for different reasons as well. Like this time of year, you could say, if it was all one weekend, you could think it's all the weather. It hasn't all been the weather. Some of them have had to go and they've just not got off for various technical reasons, safety reasons, whatever it may be. They've not gone. And it is right that they don't go if if there's reasons for it. Absolutely. We've all seen the montages of the rockets blowing up in the 50s, uh, which, as fun as they are to look at now, isn't where we want to be.
1: No. Uh, that's a lot of money and it's a lot of heartache yeah like uh i know a few people work at contractors and when stuff like that does happen uh it represents you know they it's like wow i worked on this project for years and it just went up in about a matter of milliseconds you know and it's like they're just sitting there like it really reminds you all payloads it sounds so horrible but it's really true um all payloads are really at the mercy of their launch vehicle
0: yeah you know exactly i
1: mean you could have the most beautifully built spacecraft in the world, but if you know the launch vehicle isn't working right, it's not going to happen. You know, and I, I've seen that happen a lot in Florida, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah, whenever these whenever these things happen, you always see the conversation online of, of why do they use Florida or, or the or the East Coast? Surely, if we just put yeah. it in California, it would all be so much easier. They've got weather all the all the time, and and uh, although they do have the weather, and and. They're, you know, Vandenberg was going to be an alternative shuttle launch pad, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. So,
1: yeah, Slick Six, SLC Six.
0: But back in back in the fifties, when they were deciding like this, I suppose the East Coast and go in that direction was was the optimum thing because it's a, a shorter distance and closer to the equator. And there's probably some yeah. maths there that I don't understand. But
1: uh, I can give kind of the the simple. I'll give the simple version. Please if, do. The reason why Florida is used as a launch site or one of the probably the primary launch site um, in the world and Vandenberg is used now for um, a lot of uh, I would say polar launches Um, Wallops Island in the United States is used as well the thing with Florida the reason why it's such a a good launch site is um, back when they first started launching in the 50s it's kind of a joke in Florida like you know you don't like the weather wait three minutes or something like that. Wait a few (laughs) minutes because, you know, one minute it's like pouring rain and the next minute it's fairly sunny. And that's pretty true. But um, most, except for the summer and, you know, obviously we do get hurricanes. I'm not going to try to minimize that. But um, we do get, you know, some severe weather in the summertime. But generally like in the the winter or our winter, it's kind of hard because we don't really have seasons here like other states. We don't have uh, the leaves don't turn here. you know we don't have that so um but when the weather is mild it's really good normally so uh i think part of the reason was we do have generally not horrible weather um another reason is because uh florida is pretty close to the uh, comparatively close to the equator right and um another reason like you said um and you said this pretty well was it kind of gets that natural boost from traveling uh eastward yeah, there are a few launch sites in the world, Um, not necessarily United States launch sites, but like uh, French Guiana is another one that's near the equator. Yeah. So because you kind of have a natural, you know, advantage to getting into space from there. So, um, yeah. So that's yeah. why Florida is a pretty decent launch site and why it's been used since, gosh, forever, the 50s. <laughs> I'm guessing
0: it's to do with the rate of the spinning of the Earth at the equator or something like that. It's probably something to do with that being, I think being faster so. or something. I, I
1: think it has something to do with, you know, it kind of just gives us a natural boost. I think it does have to do with the, um, I want to say, west-east kind of movement
0: of the yeah. Earth. Yep, yep, yep.
1: So, And if I got that wrong, somebody yell at so, me. Someone, I don't yeah. mind.
0: Exactly. exactly. Yeah,
1: somebody step in and help because, um, yeah, I could have gotten it all messed up, but... I think that's the reason why they use uh basically Florida and like I said there are other launch sites as well that are used but they might not have the same advantage as we do
0: yeah so uh yeah it's been it's been scrub town scrub town indeed and scrub town, uh, ho- hopefully yeah. that is now well there'll always be scrubs as, as I said last week they uh they've put the the date for for the next crude flight on October the 31st but I would bet good money that will get scrubbed as well I think I think <laughs>
1: I'm not going to go see it.
0: Well, yeah, I'm just going to stay. Exactly. I mean, Bob, Bob, and Doug got got uh, got scrubbed. Uh, yeah, you know these these things happen, and 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 we'll talk exactly. about some more of that. Right
1: we'll talk now. about more of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: SpaceX Dragon, we're go for launch. Let's light this candle.
1: So, with all of these scrubs, uh, we thought we'd look back at some historic scrubs and launch aborts.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> there there's been a lot of fun I mean, ones. <laughs> as we just said the the the, the most recent um crude launch uh with Bob and Doug on 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 the Falcon 9 was scrubbed by a week. You know, it's fairly common uh, and and the in the shuttle used to get scrubbed all the time. I believe yeah. the record uh was was tied for between STS 61C and STS 73 which uh were both scrubbed six times before they were yes. finally launched on their seventh attempt. Uh, and there, there there can be numerous factors in this. But I think my my favourite ever, you know, let's not just put scrubs into this. Let's also talk about aborts, as, as you said. Yeah. The, the, for me, that Gemini 6 one was the first time that that really happened where the engine lit, it, it gets to zero. Engine light, smoke's coming out the bottom. You see the flame and then it just cuts. And you've Nothing. got uh, Wally Shearer and Tom Stafford sitting at the top. Uh, inside this fueled rocket, and this is the first time that's happened. And, and while he's got his hand on the abort handle, um, and if he had felt it move, he was supposed to turn that handle and and essentially eject the two of them off. Uh, but he didn't do it. He claims he didn't feel any movement, and Tom Stafford backs him up on that. But but he, no, they knew that if if they had done that, they wouldn't have flown for ages, and they were trying to they were trying to do this rendezvous with. Uh, with Gemini 7 which was already up because their previous launch which was supposed to go to an Agena got scrubbed because the Agena failed So, which was this the target Agena being this target vehicle that they were supposed to go up and try and rendezvous with it was going to be the first ever rendezvous so this was a big deal Um, and and Wally just held his nerve and just went I didn't feel anything let's sit on top of this rocket that's full of fuel that's just been lit and we've never seen this happen before Mm, okay we're good we can leave now and it's just great when you see the footage and when you hear them both talk about it, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's funny you mention that. If anybody has a chance to go to the, uh, American, uh, uh, the American Space Museum in Titusville.
0: Love that place. They actually,
1: uh, they actually have the EKGs of uh, Shira and Stafford. During that launch abort.
0: So you can see their heart rates.
1: Yeah. They have the, it has the um, readout basically. Um, back then, obviously, they didn't have the uh, kind of digital, they didn't have like, you know, iPhones, or <laughs> obviously, but they had the um, kind of like the uh, paper printout basically of what it looked like. And uh, you can tell, uh, I'm not a doctor, I don't know how to read these things, but you could tell who the uh, commander was <laughs> during that time because he, you could tell he was like, oh, you know, Oh, I almost said a cuss word. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. You could tell he was kind of like, uh, what? what's going on here?
0: I've got the photo. I just looked through my photos from being there. It's signed by Tom. Uh, yeah Yes, you, it? you really can. I will, post, I will post this photo on our Instagram for sure. Uh yeah. yeah, you definitely can see that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, you can tell like, you know, I, I wouldn't say he was freaking out because I doubt he was freaking out, but you could tell he was kind of like, are we supposed to be a little higher at this <laughs> right now? Like, aren't we supposed to be off the pad? Like you can tell there's like a, do I eject or what? You know, Yeah. it's actually a really good idea that they didn't eject. Cause number one, um, if either of them had survived, uh, they wouldn't be flying for a while. And um, I think the, oh gosh, I, I want to say I read this somewhere. And like I said, if I'm wrong, somebody please jump out in the internet and correct me, but uh, I want to say there was like a, uh, uh, there was a fairly decent chance that you could get injured or killed from doing that. Yeah. So um, I, I, I don't, I forgot what the percentage was, but uh, when I read it, I was a little uh, impressed by the number and how high it was. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I would, I don't care what was, go- I'd just stay in there. Because either way, it's like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a sporty ride.
0: <laughs> Either way, it's not going to be fun. It, it's certainly. I'd, I'd like to know the stats on on. And and I, I again, I think I've read them before as well. But um, what if if they had have ejected? There's, I think there was a good chance they wouldn't have survived, especially not from from a stats that low down to the ground. Oh, Maybe God. if they'd if they'd been up a little bit and, and actually gone a few hundred hundred meters. And then they injected, they may have had stood a better chance, but um, it's crazy. And, and and when you watch the footage, I will put a link to the video of this launch and you just see it. It really does come on and then shuts down. Um, and that must, you can't imagine what that was like sitting in there. You cannot imagine. I probably would
1: have cussed a lot because I would have been like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Like, that's how I like, I, I hate to say this. I love United Launch Alliance and uh, I understand. Uh, any abort situation, I totally understand, but I'll admit the second one where it lit up, I got my hopes up for that one. I was like, yeah, woo! And then it was like, again. And I just was like, <laughs> mother, boop, 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 you know, and I just walked away, you know, and stuff. But it was like, yeah, you, there's kind of like that excitement, and then it's like, nothing. So, yeah. yeah
0: Of, of course, there have been three Russians uh, aborts which have happened mid. Well, while the quite far off the ground, uh, one only happened quite recently as well. One was only a couple of years back. Um, the, yes, the Soyuz MS-10. There was two guys in that, and I can't remember their names from the top of my head. But but yeah, that was they got quite high up, and they had to abort. They reached space, but but obviously hadn't reached orbit. So they had to come straight back down again and a serious amount of Gs pulling on their bodies coming back in uh, and, and ending up a little bit further down. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the, um, the audio from Gus Grissom's Liberty Bell flight, so the, the suborbital flight. Yes, And, yeah. and obviously in a boat, it's a similar similar kind of arc where you go up and you're coming down quite steeply, Holistic. a lot steeper than you would do if you're coming in from orbit. Um, and the, the audio of Gus as he's coming back down the strain in his voice with the G's it's like wow and then all of a sudden he switches because it's all back to normal again um but but that's really something so these guys they got a lot hot you know they're going a lot faster with a lot more powerful rockets than the than the um than the redstone so they really came down with with a whole load of G's, Gs. I think one of the the Russian um aborts they're saying that there was close to like 17 G's or something like that I don't, which I didn't uh... think was I didn't think was survivable but these guys did. Actually, uh,
1: I'm I'm not trying to correct you, but uh, the April 5th anomaly. Here we the go. The April anomaly in 1975. Um, there's a few notable things about this one, um, and I'm getting this information. I want to give a shout-out to the gentleman from where I'm getting this from. Uh, there's a uh, space historian named Andrew LePage yes. who wrote an article, and we'll put it on our show notes. Uh, and it's called A Brief History of Launch Aborts. It was written in... Um, 2014 so the Soyuz uh, MS-10 abort is not in this one but still it's a pretty it's an excellent article if you're interested in this crazy topic I would read it but um the April 5th anomaly was on April 5th uh, 1975 <laughs> and it was uh supposed to be what was going to be Soyuz 18 and the crew consisted of a uh, two cosmonauts it was a uh, Vasily uh, Lazarev and Oleg. uh I'm sorry, Oleg uh, Markarov, I'm probably not saying his name right.
0: I'm glad you did that, not me. Uh,
1: they were supposed to uh, spend 60 days on the Salyut 4, uh, 4 space station, but what ended up happening, this is according to Andrew's article, by the way, I, I did not memorize all this, and uh, he wrote it up way better than I could, so I give him all the credit for this, <laughs> Um The article does state that uh, for 120 seconds after the launch, the four boosters of the Soyuz rocket were dropped as planned from the Block A core, uh, followed 30 seconds later by the jettisoning of the uh, launch escape system. The launch escape system is basically uh, like a tiny rocket on top of where like the crew capsule would be. And basically what its job is, it's to pull away in case something bad happens, it's to pull away the crew from the vehicle. So, um, at 288 seconds after launch, the Block A core shut down as planned. And at this point, um, and this is again according to the article, I didn't memorize all this. Uh, the Block 1 upper stage was supposed to separate and ignite, sending the Soyuz into orbit. Um, unfortunately, this did not happen. Uh, according to the article, uh, the engine ignited and, quote, the ascending craft began to roll and pitch heavily. Oh, could so you there imagine? Was a, uh, yes, so there was a booster failure alarm. Uh, the engine had an emergency shutdown because it deviated off course. Because, well, they didn't have any uh, launch escape system anymore because that, the tower gone. came off. So basically what happened was the um, the spacecraft's own propulsion system had to guide it away from the capsule. And by this point, the crew was already technically in space. This part I kind of remember because I I want to say I read something else in one of my Soviet space history books about it because this was kind of a big deal when it happened, and I'll explain why in a minute. So what happened was uh, they came back down kind of on a ballistic trajectory. (laughs) Okay, the normal G entry would be like two to three Gs, I think. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you, how many do you you think they pulled on this?
0: In my head, I remember it being on the high teens or something silly like that, but... 21.3
1: 21.3 so
0: I don't understand how they survived that I don't understand how I mean maybe it's the way the Soyuz is designed or something so can cushion it or something but
1: yeah, according to this article uh, Lazarev uh, did not fly again because he actually suffered injuries right, okay. during this um, the other gentleman I, I guess was okay but as I end this uh, awesome story about the Soviet <laughs> space flight program this kind of had ramifications because guess what was uh, 2 months later the, or um, 3
0: months later the Apollo Soyuz mission.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of a concern to the United States at yeah. the time that okay, you know, what happened? They they got to get this right, you know.
0: If I remember rightly, they came down on a hill. They landed uh, on the side of a mountain or something like that and was like it, they they ended up getting caught in some foliage or something like that which slowed them down um yeah and they had to camp overnight or something like that because yes Yeah you are
1: correct they uh, had to spend the night after going through all that crap <laughs> <laughs> they're like we could, they had to go camping afterwards. i'm sorry i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because that it's like can you imagine like your luck being that bad you know like not only did you have to survive like 21 20
0: pfft.
1: yeah but now you're camping yeah you know?
0: in the cold in the cold in the, in, and it's cold yeah
1: yeah, I have nothing but respect for the the early pioneers of the Soviet space program because uh yeah, they'll be, they'll be out there with guns and wolves and Yeah.
0: Stuff.
1: <laughs> like, oh my god.
0: Yeah. It's 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 great though cuz you you do see those great uh images of, of the of uh, the early astronauts doing their jungle training and their sea training and desert training and there's all all those great photos of uh of, of particularly the groups one and two, NASA astronauts, but I, I haven't seen many of the of the training stuff that the Russians did. I'm sure that they would have done training for that kind of thing, but oh yeah, uh, it, it just goes to show they did need to do that training because that was the whole point. You didn't know where they were going to necessarily come down either because of a failure in in the uh, in the retro firing before they came uh, back to re-entry or because of some kind of launch abort. So. It's easy to look at those photos of those astronauts thinking, what were they doing? Why did astronauts need to train in the, in the jungle? And But then these two Russian cosmonauts had to do exactly that, pretty much. Exactly.
1: Yeah, they, they pretty much had to rough it afterwards. <laughs> so yeah. that's why they do that kind of training. And um, I believe that now uh, nowadays, I, I don't think, uh, obviously we've had a, a return to commercial crew uh, with the uh, Crew Dragon and all that. But um, I believe, uh, I want to say uh, we got one American who's going to fly a Soyuz soon. Yeah. Uh, but they still have to do that. Americans have to do that training as well with the Russian cosmonauts nowadays just to, you know, just to be on the safe side. So although the Russians really do have a pretty good safety record. They yeah. really do. Um, they do have a launch escape system. So if something happens, it can, the vehicle can be pulled away from the, a launch vehicle if something goes bad so um that's really a big deal yeah <laughs> shuttle did not have that yeah. so um obviously yeah so yeah unfortunately yeah. so um yeah so i, I really got to hand it to them i'm not making fun of them at all i, I think what they've done is pretty cool yeah. wait,
0: so. wait, if the, the fact that they've had three aborts on launch like mid-launch and all of the guys have survived that that Absolutely. is incredible and it's it's a testament to the to these systems that get developed uh, and it's why you know programs like uh, the space launch system have taken so long because they've been doing all the all the Orion abort systems and making sure they've got the launch abort systems right and all those kind of things and these take time they need to get them right you can't get these things wrong when there's a crew in there uh,
1: exactly. So you don't want to find out it doesn't work when it doesn't work. When it doesn't work. Know?
0: Exactly. So uh the, yeah. let, let's take the time. Let's have the scrubs as well. But the, the, the shuttle did have loads of the space shuttle had loads of scrubs. Oh yeah. What was the one where it was on fire? Is it Discovery that was on fire?
1: Yes. Um STS forty one D. This attempt was on uh June 26 nineteen eighty four. Right. Um and everything seemed to be going as planned. Um Basically, what happened, and I'll try to give the quick and easy explanation for it. Um, when the vehicle gets to about six point six seconds, uh, the mains ignite, mm-hmm. and um, in a normal launch at T zero, the boosters go off. Yeah. So this time, uh, the mains ignited, and uh, and I believe then they shut down out of nowhere. And because they ignited, they it set a fire on the launch pad. And this is actually in the uh, new Challenger documentary. That's out. this abort for whoever might be interested in it. But, um, sorry, I just had a fleeting thought. Anybody who got, the people who got on the shuttle were, especially in the early shuttle days. crazy. They were, they were crazy to me. Cause I'm like, you guys are macho as, you all are macho as hell to go in that thing. Yeah. With, but, um, basically what happened was it set the area around the engines on fire on the pad and um if you look at you know the proximity of the engines to the external tank which has liquid you know hydrogen and (laughs) oxygen and then it's not very far away so there was like some legitimate concern for you know a few a couple seconds that oh my god it's gonna blow up on the pad patrick mullane's new book uh um the father the son and the holy shuttle um goes into this because you know he his dad was in there and he's like what the heck is going on so uh Luckily, the water deluge system was cut on and the fire was put out. And I think the crew got, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the crew got soaked as well. But that's okay. <laughs> they came out alive and nobody got on fire. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, They'll be happy being wet.
1: Yeah, some of the um, shuttle aborts were uh, on the pad. I did not like those. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. And there were several more after that, I want to say
0: yeah did did um did i see somewhere you had um eileen collins is this right on 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 space hipsters do a do a talk was it eileen collins recently yes
1: we did yes we did and
0: she talked through the launch that she commanded uh
1: it was not an abort scenario but basically what happened was they had a a multiple failures during the uh ascent um it was sts 93 um and uh, there was a lot going on i believe there was um i'm probably missing all this stuff uh I want to say there were three main things that happened. Uh, there was an electrical short. So I think there was an issue with the bus. Uh, there was also a hydrogen leak. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that one sucked. Uh, if you go on YouTube, and um, again, we'll we'll put this in the show notes. Um, if you go on YouTube, there's uh, this, uh, if you go uh, type in STS-93, there's this crazy uh, audio put together with kind of the schematic of the different um, flight controllers uh, during that launch. And uh, I think everybody should watch it. Uh, it, it. Wow. It's the thing that gets me about that one is she's so calm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you post, I remember you posting that at the time and me watching it. I was like, I can't believe it. And, the, and the, the, one of the guys on the ground saying that was a bit too close or something, something like that. And, yeah. and she's just like, Yep, yeah, cool. We're good.
1: Yeah. She was a total professional. Uh, I vaguely remember, I think I saw that launch when it happened in 99 and I was listening to some of the audio and I'm like, you know, during the launch, I'm like, that's not normal. That's not a normal audio, you know? And I was like, what the heck is happening? You know? And I was freaked out and yeah, luckily yeah, yeah. they did make it to orbit. That was scary. And she just was a pro yeah. a pro all the way. So that that was incredible. There was, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm talking all over Dang, you, I love but this. this subject is really, this subject's really kind of not fun, I would say, but it's kind of interesting. Um, Especially, I, I hate to say I, I love the space shuttle and I don't want to demonize the space shuttle. But um, unfortunately, there really were not many viable abort options yeah. with the space shuttle. It had uh, to get Just there. to be real. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one abort to orbit. And uh, this was in uh, 1985. Uh, let me see. It was STS-51F.
0: That was Challenger as well, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I, I want to say, um, I think it was the last launch of Challenger before the accident.
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay.
1: I could be wrong with that, and if I am, again, somebody slap me, but um, not literally, but just you know, reach out <laughs> and say, "Hamilton, you screwed up." But um, you got your history wrong. But I'm trying to remember this from memory. I think they had some sensors issues with the main engines, and after booster step, one of the engines went out. Right. Which is really bad because. um yeah, the space shuttle did not was not like the Saturn V. It didn't have centerline thrust. Yeah, like with the with the Saturn, you could lose an engine and you'd be fine. Yeah, you know, because um, Apollo thirteen lost an engine and they were good to go. Um, didn't really have any problems, but um, shuttle not so much. <laughs> so they lost an engine, and uh, for a while. I think story Musgrave, he was one of the, uh, mission specialists was like, okay, we're going to Spain, you know, <laughs> like he, he pulls out the book, you know, the, the contingency book, like, okay, we're going to go to Spain. Yeah. You know? And, um, they ended up being able to, uh, abort to orbit. And, um, there's actually another neat video on YouTube, um, STS 51 F, uh, abort launch, abort and landing, I think is what it's called. And, uh, That's also an interesting listen, because there's a few white moments where you're white-knuckling it, because you're like, okay, if they had lost a second engine, which they were about to, seriously, I'm not joking, they were about to lose a second one, they wouldn't have made it. Wow. I listened to that, um, I was doing research for something I was writing about the shuttle years ago, and um, I knew about it, but I finally listened to the audio, you know, and I was like, oh my god. (laughs) like. Yeah you just have a lot of respect for everybody who worked on that program so yeah but uh that was the only thank god that was the only abort to the only in flight abort as far as i'm aware in the program
0: yeah but they they still managed to complete their mission amazingly as well Yes. that's pretty crazy and we've done all of that without even mentioning a lightning strike on apollo 12 so uh yes! w- well done <laughs> well done uh, <laughs> so yeah we'll post we'll, we will post links we'll post all the links but for now uh that was a little bit of a Launch, scrubs, and aborts for you there. Okay, and doing are build. Roger, we're seeing a lot in Roger. are building. We're up to six. There's nine. There's about ten. Roger, it's going
1: sound
0: good. This week, Friday. uh Well, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Um The Right Stuff, the new TV show is uh yeah. is coming on on the on the on Disney on Disney is it Disney Plus is Disney that what they Plus. call it Yep um I'm nervous about this Me too
1: uh I'm reserving uh my opinion for when I actually watch it but uh I'm hoping they get it somewhat accurate We'll see yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. scared
0: <laughs> So uh for those who don't know the right stuff was a movie it was originally a book by Tom Wolfe, and it got turned into a movie in the '80s. And oh, it's a good movie if you like space movies. It's a good movie, but there are some inaccuracies which those of us who like certain astronauts aren't best pleased with. But we can still watch it with a pinch of salt. But it's a shame that that some of the stories got twisted. And they're turning it into a, I think, a nine episode or something like a ten episode maybe, something T- like that TV show. So uh, we're, obviously we obviously have modern production standards, and it's Disney's, but. We'll see what happens, and hopefully it will be good.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens, exactly. I'm sort of nervous, just because... Uh, I'm just nervous in general. There's some people who I felt got a bad deal in the film and in the book. Um, oh, okay. I've not read the so book. The book is... I like Tom Wolfe. He's a good writer. Um, I don't want to talk bad about him. I, I think he's um a real wonderful wordsmith, but there are some... There, I'll be real. There's some inaccuracies in the book, and... um. Yeah, and some of them are in the film, so we'll see how the uh, miniseries goes.
0: Yeah, this is about the Mercury Seven. This is about the Mercury Seven astronauts, those first American astronauts. And uh, yeah, for me as well, Gus is my favorite. He's always been my favorite. So uh,
1: I love him. I love him. He's he was one of my favorite guys. I love the fact that um, uh, for some reason I love the fact that he and John Young flew the first Gemini mission together. I think that's so cool.
0: Yeah, me too. Me they too. seem
1: like the coolest crew. I yes. mean just like not phased by anything, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh so uh, yeah, for, for me that, that those guys have a special place in well, they do have a special place in the history and, and all that kind of stuff. So you you don't like seeing them misrepresented Absolutely. Uh, at all. And I think I think that's that's part of it. You know, there's there's enough around them, positive and negative, that you don't really have to make much up. You should exactly. have exactly you know, uh, they're not perfect, perfect people by any stretch, but uh, it's an interesting enough story without having to, to to go mad, dramatic stuff. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. wanted to bring that up, and uh, maybe we'll review it um, as we both watch it.
1: Yes, but- absolutely. I'll probably catch it. To Affirmative. it was definitely an e ticket. Roger that, Sally.
0: So that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to find out more about any of the things we've talked about, as we've said numerous times, I will have put links in the description of this podcast, uh, which should come up. If you're on Spotify, they don't always come up as clickable, but if uh, you're other places, they do. And uh, I'll post, I'm sure we'll post the videos on our Facebook and and Twitter as well.
1: All right. Um, Also, we'd like to thank you all for the uh, wonderful comments and reviews. Uh, Please keep them coming in. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Tara Louise, uh Nasco Thornett, I think I said that right. Really old girl uh slow gin rules and my favorite iTunes username Roger Twank for your reviews <laughs> for your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um and we also hope you've enjoyed this week's show.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Roger Twank. Love that. <laughs> and uh, and thanks again to our Patreons who continue to support, support the show monthly. Uh, you can join in over on patreon.com forward slash space and things. Or if you'd like to buy a T-shirt or make a one-off donation and just head over to our website, spaceandthingspodcast.com.
1: Yes. And thank you for your generosity. And hopefully we'll see you next week. And
0: remember, in space, no one can hear you stream.
1: Jason Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.